Welcome to Entrepreneur Conundrum with Virginia Purnell, where growing entrepreneurs share how they get visible online. Hey everyone, I'm talking with Jessica Totillo-Coster about supporting female entrepreneurs in creating the correct strategy for their business. Jessica is an e-commerce strategy expert and support for female entrepreneurs. 20 plus years of retail and e-commerce experience has given her the ability to support female entrepreneurs in creating the right strategy for their business. So after that time in retail and three years as the only employee of a seven-figure e-commerce business, she now is working with top experts in e-commerce, SEO, web development, and digital marketing. Jessica supports female entrepreneurs with actionable strategies and tactics to grow and scale their e-commerce businesses. Learning from the top experts in the digital marketing and e-commerce industry, she loves working with female entrepreneurs and teaching the secrets of a seven-figure e-commerce business. Welcome, Jessica. Thank you so much, Virginia. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to have you here today. So how did you get to kind of like be where you are today? Like, how did your journey? Well, actually, my journey started as a little girl who used to sleep in her new shoes and because <laughs> I was obsessed. <laughs> and as an adult, that's still the case. Ask my husband. I don't sleep in them, but I do. I do collect shoes. So it was really no surprise when I ended up going down kind of the fashion apparel route. And I've been working in retail for such a long time. It was like my very first job. And I was so excited to be surrounded by clothes all day. And I ended up going to school for fashion merchandising. And I thought I was going to be a buyer and work my way up the corporate ladder. And then I figured out that's more spreadsheet than fun. And <laughs> I can I can only do spreadsheets for so long before I just want to like crawl out of my skin. So I really eventually just kind of moved into the marketing side of retail. And I really love it here. And it's, you know, selling physical products is just kind of what I do. And it's just always been what I do. And when things started moving so much online, you know, Facebook, Instagram, like those were not things when I was going to school, digital marketing wasn't really a thing. So I'm very self-taught. And, you know, you said in my intro, I've worked with a lot of consultants and I've learned so, so much along the way. And it's really been what I do now, which we'll obviously talk about, but it's really like my favorite job that I've ever had. So it's just been a really fun journey. <laughs> That's exciting. So have you gotten busier the last couple of years then? Definitely. So <laughs> definitely. I, for the last few, so I've been full-time in my business in September of 2020. I can't believe it's already been over a year that went by so quickly. Congratulations. Thank you. But before <laughs> that, I was working with a national retailer and I had started out in their marketing department for their brick and mortar stores. And at the time we had 13 stores. Now they have 35. So they've grown a lot in you know the seven years I was there. And at some point along the way, I don't even remember, maybe it was about two years in, I guess we launched e-commerce and we had an e-commerce site, but it was just sort of a white label commission site that we didn't really do anything with, but we really created this whole e-commerce division. And I, in the beginning, was the only employee of that division. <laughs> I How are your team meetings? <laughs> oh, geez. Yep, very stressful. Your to-do list, you're not getting it all done. What's wrong with you? I had a part-timer, you know, who packed and shipped orders, but 
I literally did everything else, even, you know, the buying and the replenishment and the product upload and the marketing and the email and the social. And I was still doing stuff for the brick and mortar portion of the business as well. So I cried a lot at that mm, job, I bet. <laughs> but I wouldn't take any of it back. Right. Because I learned so much there and I was very lucky to be in like a mid size ish company. So I got to wear a lot of hats. I had a really great boss who just kind of let me go and do my thing and let me make my own mistakes and try new stuff. And I'm really, you know, just grateful for that experience. And I, I mean, I wouldn't probably wouldn't do it again, but <laughs> It's one of those things, right? I would do it again, but I don't want to leave it. (laughs) Yes. But it is that experience that allows me to support female entrepreneurs now. Right. And I like to always say I'm teaching them everything I learned the hard way. So they don't have to, right. Cause I didn't have someone there to give me those shortcuts and kind of show me, show me what was what. So I like to be that for the female entrepreneurial community. So what are your clients, your clients that you work with now, what are some of like the common mistakes you see them making? Absolutely. So they're all, for the most part, you know, these are people who started a business from their kitchen table. They didn't really have product or e-commerce experience per se. Maybe they're solving a problem that they had a product they couldn't find in the market or you know, they just really love clothes. So they started a boutique. Like that's why I started a boutique years ago. I just love to be around clothes. So they didn't have the background to really understand their analytics, right? They don't necessarily know what's driving their business. And maybe they've done a really great job of getting to that first six and multi six figure mark. Thanks usually to social, to having a really great product, but it's like, okay, I got here, but like, how do I get to the next step? And so what I see is they're not utilizing all of their marketing channels as well as they can be. Usually that's email marketing. So I love to be the one who really comes in. And this is kind of what happened when I started of really educating about the value of email for e-commerce. And then also teaching them how to not only read the analytics, but like, what, what does it mean? What do these numbers mean? If, if you know that your conversion rate is this, well, like, what is the next step or how to understand which marketing channels are really the ones driving your business. So, you know, where to double down and where to kind of pull away. So those would be like the two main things I see people struggle with. I think sometimes we underestimate the power of email. Totally. 110%. We do. And I just disclaimer, I'm an email marketer with not so great email for my own business. I will admit (laughs) that. (laughs) So I understand why we let that be kind of an afterthought, like, oh, I should probably send an email. Right. But we think about like social media so much more and making sure Mm -hmm. we're always creating content for that and showing up and doing all the things. And then email is sort of like that on the back burner all the time. Who's your ideal client? The person that I can bring the most value to is someone who has already proven product market fit, right? They're already doing six multi six figures. That's where I can bring the most value. If you're brand new, and of course I have people who are brand new in my audience and things like that, but 
you know, the thing I'm going to tell those people is you just need to show up on social more, right? I don't have a lot else to tell you there (laughs) other than (laughs) it just takes time. But once you prove that and you've really like, you know, solidified your space in the market, that's when we can get really strategic about what you're doing and see really big results. But you have to have that proven product market fit first. And, you know, if you can sell your product organically, then, you know, when you put paid ads behind it, like you can scale at that point, right? Your email marketing, I talk a lot about automation flows and things like that. But if you don't have the traffic and you don't have people moving through them, you're not going to see the ROI on that. So you kind of need to have that baseline in place first. For sure. So what do you, how do you get in front of those people? In front of my clients? Yeah. Yeah, of course. So not email. Really, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, well, no, not email. But so it really funny enough, it it's changed a little bit over the time. So I did, I was doing things on the side for about 18 months before I went full time. And part of that was me just being a little scaredy cat, but it was also like COVID. And I was like, huh, maybe I'm not gonna leave this comfy little job I have just yet. So it's definitely changed over time. You know, in the very beginning, my first two clients happened right when MailChimp and Shopify broke up. Right. And there were all these e-commerce entrepreneurs that like, didn't know what to do. And I used to hang out in a lot of entrepreneurial Facebook groups because I just loved being around that energy and learning and all of that. I just, I love to learn. So I started talking to people about Klaviyo, which is my favorite email platform for e-com. And they started reaching out to me. And they're messaging me and they're saying, I'm on Klaviyo, but I'm really struggling or my emails are going in the junk box or I want to migrate, but I'm just overwhelmed by the tech. And so that's how I got my first two clients. And from there, it really was mostly referral and it still is a lot of referral. But what I've also found is, you know, I do have a presence on Instagram, though I'm terrible at being consistent, but people will sort of hear about me through, I'm like the Clavio girl kind of on the, in the internet circle of e-commerce entrepreneurs. So they'll hear about me from someone else, or they'll find me on Instagram and then they'll go listen to my podcast. And my podcast is really middle of funnel for me right now. It's been going for about a year and a half. I do now get people who say that's how they discovered me, but it was really that middle of funnel where they would discover me go listen to my podcast. And there's such amazing value on there that by the time they binge through it, they come to me and they're like, just what do you have? I want whatever it is that you have. So the podcast has really been an amazing way for me to support them, give them things that they can implement today, get value out of, see results and show what I know and how I can support them. So for any e-commerce or any entrepreneurs, not e-com, just entrepreneurs who are listening to this, if you don't have a podcast, you might want to get one. If you're a service (laughs) provider, you might want to get one. Oh, that's cool. It was one of those things I, I was thinking about it for a while and my husband does photo and video for real estate. So he like really wanted me to start a YouTube channel. And he was like, he just gets like really excited about all the gear. Right. So he always tries to get me to get like the best of everything. And I'm like, 
I just need the simplest thing I'm actually going to use. Okay. I don't need gear that I need you to set up for me because when you talk to me and teach me, it literally like goes in one ear and out the other, and I cannot retain the information, but I know that I will not show up on YouTube every week. I just won't because I get distracted and I'm not good at batching things and I'm too vain to get on a video unless I like look perfect. Like I just know this about myself versus a podcast. I can like record it on Sunday night with my hair in a bun, sometimes sitting in my bed because it has the best acoustics, honestly. (laughs) And And then I can have that, you know, published in two days if I need to, if I'm running behind. So I think, you know, you just got to know, you just got to be honest with who you are and what you're capable of. (laughs) I totally understand why you chose like a podcast podcast route over like a YouTube route, because I feel the same way. (laughs) Yeah, it's so much easier. It's so much easier. What are a couple of big goals that you have that you're hoping to achieve in the next couple of years? So the thing I'm working on right now, and I'm my idea was to carve out some of Q4 for this because most of my clients are busy, you know, running their businesses. So I don't have big projects during that time is to really build out my digital product suite, mostly for those earlier in their business, not quite ready to invest in the one-on-one or for me to do the work for them. Right. But I want to be able to support them in really understanding and utilizing email and understanding their analytics and implementing SEO on their website. So I want to create a couple of self-paced courses and that's kind of the short-term goal. And then ultimately man, I just want to put more money in the pockets of female entrepreneurs. That's my number one goal with this business. And, you know, they're creating these businesses to support their families and so that they can be at home with their kids instead of working some nine to five job. And man, there is nothing more rewarding than helping them build that dream. I feel like I need to put a number on it at some point. Like I want to help X number of female entrepreneurs. I just haven't, haven't landed on that number just yet. Well, this quarter's just started. Yeah. Yeah. Got time. (laughs) (laughs) How do you feel like those goals? So implementing some courses and and helping that X number of female entrepreneurs, how do you think that would affect your business? Well, it's going to do two things. And one of them is it's going to free me up a little bit, right? I mean, let's be honest, none of us became entrepreneurs to create another job for ourselves. And I'm only one person. And I can only help so many people. So if I want to serve the people that I want to serve, then I need a, and I don't, it's not passive by any means, but a less active way of helping them. So it's going to maintain my revenue and likely increase my revenue, but it's also going to increase my impact. And that's what I really care about while also freeing up my time so that I can do things like finally learn Italian. Like I don't want to die only knowing one language, like most Americans. I really want to learn a second (laughs) language, Italian being the one. I really would love to just go spend six months in Italy. I love it there. Can you tell? You know, I want to be able to do those things while still helping everyone else. And so going the digital route, I'll always do the one-on-one and the done-for-you stuff for those who really need it, but there's a smaller percentage of those people, right? And so I feel like my impact is slightly limited because I don't have those more entry-level things, which means 
I can't help those women get more money in their business. And that's ultimately what I want to do. Have you ever thought about doing like group coaching or group masterminds? Yes. So I did actually have a group program earlier in the year. That was really awesome. I kind of did like a little beta launch and I'm working right now. I, I have a very good business friend who does Facebook ads for product-based businesses. And so she was a guest in the, it was called the mega mind in the mega mind. So we did a lot of Facebook ad stuff as well. So her and I are looking at what we're going to do for 2022. And I think it's going to be a more lower ticket membership because I get so many, just like those quick little questions, like how do I do this one thing in Clavio or where do I go in Google analytics to see this one thing? So I feel like that would be a really great place where I can serve them with those quick little questions that way, but then also building the community amongst them. Because one of the things that I tell e-com businesses all the time, whether you're brand new or you've been in business for years and already making, you know, multi six, seven figures is collaboration with other businesses who sell complementary products is one of the best, cheapest, easiest ways to grow your business and get in front of new people, right? Just like I'm here on your podcast, getting in front of someone else's audience. So when e-commerce businesses, and this is true for service providers as well, you know, like I personally don't do ads because I spent years working in a business that couldn't do Facebook ads. We were in a restricted industry, so I never learned them. And now, frankly, I just don't want to when I can just partner up with someone who that's all she does and she's great at it. So finding those people that you can connect with and refer your people to, it makes you more valuable, right? I am more valuable to my audience because I can send them to someone who can do their ads for them. I can send them to someone who can build their website for them or get development done for them. So that makes me more valuable and I'm giving them more value and helping them. So it's really just a win-win. So yeah, that's kind of my long-winded way of saying, (laughs) thinking about doing a membership, just don't 100% know what it's going to look like yet. Cool. I'm glad that you've been there and they're addressing that one because that one will help too. Yeah. With reaching more people and not as much time and stuff too. Absolutely. So what do you feel is your number one roadblock that might be in the way of you reaching those goals? Oh my gosh. I'm so bad at delegating. So bad at delegating. (laughs) Heads being the one person in the seven figure business. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and that wasn't by choice. That's true. Yeah. I didn't, they, they weren't really releasing any budget to the e-com division though that eventually changed when someone new came in, thank goodness. But you know, it's funny because I, I kind of blame my mom for this. And she's, I always remember when I was younger and her saying, if you want something done right, you just got to do it yourself. Mm -hmm. And I think that spilled over a lot more than I realized. Honestly, I think, you know, I'm, I'm no like psychology expert, but I feel like so much of what we experience when we're young just follows us forever. And we don't even realize that it's happening. So, you know, I do over time, I've definitely gotten better at it. And I'm very conscious about the fact that I need to do it. And sometimes it feels like, oh, well, it's going to take me so long to teach them. I can just do it faster. Right. But yeah, it's time up front. You need to take to teach them, but then you get to let it go. And like, you never have to do it again. So 
that's my biggest thing. I still do too many things that I shouldn't be doing, but I'm working on it. I'm also, I'm migrating to Dubsado so I can have some more things automated. I'm slowly giving more and more things away to my VA now that we've been working together for a while. She really like understands my process and things like that. So it's, it's a work in progress. Hey, the first step is recognizing, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, I love Dubsado. <laughs> Yeah, it's been, it's been awesome. It's just, you know, I've had, it's been on my mind for so long, but that initial setup was what was keeping me from doing it. And, you know, there's, I'm all about outsourcing, but I also believe that you need to understand something before you outsource it. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, how do you know if those people are doing a good job? Like you have to, you don't have to be the expert, but you have to know just enough to be dangerous and just like not get taken advantage of, you know, and not that everyone's like out to get you. It may be unintentional on their end, but they're thinking about the short term in most cases. And I learned this from working with a lot of web developers, like they're trying to get it done as quick as they can in the easiest way for them they're not thinking about you and the long-term and how you manage it after they're gone. Yeah, so true. Yeah, so I was definitely dragging my feet with it, but I finally just, you know, carved out the time and and I have to, I and I know this about myself, is I need to like understand the 360 of something before I can figure out exactly how I want to use it. And if anyone's familiar with Dubsado, it's like, if you're really going to use all the workflows, like you have to understand what they do first. So it's like I had to learn the whole platform and then kind of figure out how I was going to utilize it. So it's been a process, but it's already saving me so much time. So it's worth it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And once you can like wrap your head around the workflows and like all the possibilities and then actually implement it, it's so nice. Yes, it's been awesome already. And I've only, I'm still like, I have some people in my old CRM, right? And I've got some in Dubsado. So I'm kind of teetering right now, but it's that process, that onboarding process alone is just amazing. So simple. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So what's the best advice you've ever received? Oh, I love this question. And I was like, oh, I hope she does end up asking me it. That it's okay to let go of things if they no longer serve you. Mm, So true. So for the longest time, so if you think about my background, right, I come from the fashion and apparel space. I had my own brick and mortar boutique back in the day. I always knew I wanted to do something online. I just didn't know what it was going to be. And, you know, I toyed with being a personal stylist online for entrepreneurs, right? Because I just wanted to be in that entrepreneurial energy. And it just never went anywhere. Like I knew it wasn't going to be a blogger because I hate to take photos and I honestly wear mostly all black every day. So it just kind of looks like I'm wearing the same thing. So not great for like (laughs) (laughs) daily or weekly blog photos, but I, I was like, okay, let me do this thing. And, you know, I created the website and the freebie and all the things you do, except for showing up and like getting in front of people. Right. Cause we're just too afraid, but it never went anywhere. And it wasn't until I had randomly done this women's empowerment coach group program thing. And it was unlike anything I had ever really done before. And I honestly, I don't remember even why I did it. It was just one of those things I felt called to do. Like I had met the girl who led it at a local event and I had been following her for a while and she posted this thing. And I was like, I think I want to do this. I'm just going to do it. 
So it was during that where I realized it was like, it's not going anywhere because I don't want to do it anymore. But because I had it been thinking about it for so long, like I was holding on so tight and it felt like, man, if I let this go, like I wasted all of this time. And I eventually with that program, I ended up just like, you know how your URL will automatically renew each year. So I, yep. So I logged in, I turned off the auto renewal and I was like, I took down the website. I'm just going to let this thing expire. And I never thought about it again. And it was so freeing, so freeing. And it opened me up to do everything else. Mm. I bet though, for like you to log in and purposefully like turn it all off was huge though. Like it was like a big deal. It was. And it's, you know, say when you tell the story now, it's like so simple. Okay. Yeah. So you just, but no, that was like a very heavy emotional decision Mm -hmm. and action that was really, really, really hard to do. But it also was, it was closing a chapter. It was, you know, it was tied to all this other stuff too. And it was just kind of closing that chapter and opening up, you know, turning the page for the next one. And you grew a lot during that time though, too. So it wasn't just like a waste of time. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, honestly, if you can, I wish I'd figured it out faster. Of course, you know, like I love kind of that saying of like fail fast, you know, just if you, and not to say that every business is just going to take off from the beginning, like that's not true, but I think there comes a point where maybe the reason it's not growing the way you want it to is because you're actually just not that into it and you just haven't admitted it quite yet. And that's kind of where I was at. That's super powerful. Yeah, it was awesome. So what's the best advice you've ever given? I say this one all the time and mostly to my clients. And that is to keep your eyes on your own paper And just keep moving forward because comparison, I think the saying is like comparison is the thief of joy, but it's also the thief of progress because when you are so busy watching what everybody else is doing, and then you're trying every single thing, right? Oh, well, this person did this. So let me try that. And oh, wait, but they did this. Let me try that. You, you're not giving any one thing enough time, energy, or effort to see if it's even going to work, right? Because Mm -hmm. you're too busy jumping from thing to thing. And honestly, what works for one business is not necessarily going to work for another. And you have no idea what's actually going on behind the scenes of those businesses. So on the outside, they may look like they got it all together They've got tons of revenue. Awesome. But for all you know, they have no profit and the CEO isn't even paying themselves where you might have less revenue, but you have more profit. And really at the end of the day, I mean, unless, you know, maybe if you're trying to exit, but even then, if a business doesn't have profit, like who wants to buy that? Right. So Mm -hmm. just focus on your business. And if you're really not sure what to do next, like go to your customer, not your competition, right? What is your customer, your client, your audience? What do they need from you? What are they looking for? What do they just need as the next step in their journey with whatever it is that you sell them? 
you're going to learn so much more from your customer than you can looking at your competitors. Oh, totally. Totally. And really your competition's not going to be buying from you. Right. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Unless they're doing research, (laughs) which is also possible. That's true. Is there anything that you want to share that I haven't asked you yet? Oh, I would just say that entrepreneurship is hard. Like, and it's an okay to admit that it's hard. It's okay to tell your customers and clients that you're having a rough day. It's okay to be vulnerable. So a couple of examples, a couple of weeks ago, my husband and I, we live in Southern California in Los Angeles, and we are stupidly trying to buy a home right now, which is almost impossible here. And it's mentally draining, right? And it's kind of just making life feel hard. So I sent an email to my list and just talked about that. You know how many replies, like the percentage of people who replied and said, thank you so much for sharing this and being honest, because it makes them feel less alone and more connected to you, right? As the person who's selling them stuff. Yeah, exactly. We're so used to the highlight reel of social media and it's exhausting and it makes people feel like crap. Like who wants to feel like crap? The other day too, I had a call with a client and we have a weekly check-in call working on a Clavio project. And we get on the call and we're kind of waiting for her whole team to get there. And she's like, Jessica, how are you? And I said, well, actually I'm a little bit grumpy, but I was excited for this call because I knew that talking to you would cheer me up because really talking to my clients just makes me so happy. Right. And she's particularly joyful because she's an artist who like paints with bright colors. So like, you just can't help but be in a good mood when you're around her. And she just said, oh, thank you so much. She's like, I've been grumpy for like two weeks, but I feel like I can't say it because I'm supposed to be happy all the time. So just giving them, you know, leading by example and giving them the opportunity to just like feel the feels it's okay. We don't have yeah. to have it all together. Yeah. We don't have to pretend it's all perfect. And- mm-hmm. Doesn't mean we have to rain on parades though either. (laughs) Right, exactly. Like don't be negative Nancy all the time because negativity does just breed more negativity. There, there, I think there's a little bit of truth to fake it till you make it, but you know, at the same time, like don't be a robot. Like let's just be human. People buy from people. They vote with their dollars, whether they're buying products or services or informational products, whatever it is that you sell. And, you know, they want to know who they're supporting and who they're giving their money to. And, you know, when I post things on social, like, so a couple of nights ago, I went to an Alanis Morissette concert and she, you know, released her jagged little pill when I was an early teenager and I was, you know, an angsty nineties kid. So I got up in my nineties, get up. I was all excited. And I post that on (laughs) as a story on social and everyone's responding like, Oh, I love the nineties, you know, because they, it's something that they can relate to. And that's, that's the kind of stuff that people really connect to others on. So don't Mm -hmm. be afraid to show that side. So true. Well, thank you. My pleasure. This has been awesome. I love talking about this stuff. Like I can talk about email strategy and e-com strategy all day, but like this whole entrepreneur life can be a little lonely. So, (laughs) you know, to just kind of talk through and kind of share what it, what it's really like, 
just, you know, for anyone listening who is like, okay, good. I'm not the only one. Then my job is done. (laughs) (laughs) And to those people who know they need to, but haven't yet, it's okay to move on. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yep. You'll find something else. If I had never moved on from that, I wouldn't be here. If I wasn't open to the possibility and, you know, coming from the e-com space and working in that for so long. Like when I, I knew I wanted to leave that company. I loved what I did, but I didn't love who I did it for. And I knew I wanted to get out of corporate, but I just didn't know what I was going to do, but it was right in front of me. I just didn't realize that people were going to pay me for it. Right. Cause you, you take your own knowledge for granted and you think everyone else must know this too, but they don't. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So where can we go to learn more about you and what you do? Yeah. So my brand is e-commerce badassery. And so you can find me on my website, Instagram, Facebook, my podcast, all e-commerce badassery. Awesome. Well, thank you. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. Have a great day and we'll keep in touch. Sounds good. Thank you so much for joining us today. Be sure to subscribe and leave some love through a review. And I'll catch you on the next episode.